Aliens Explored is a podcast exploring famous and obscure cases of UFO sightings, alien abductions and other strange events from both a believing and a sceptical perspective whilst keeping an open mind. I'm Stu Jackson, a professional actor and amateur ufologist with a particular interest in the crop circle phenomenon. I'll be debating that otherworldly visitations are real. The truth is out there. And I'm Neil Kelly. I'm a professional actor as well and used to work for the military as an intelligence analyst. I'll be arguing from a more doubtful point of view. I mean, it's all a bit far-fetched, isn't it? Most of us are familiar with the theory of evolution, whether we accept it as scientific fact or not, of how we evolved from fish to ape to primitive human prototype to the advanced Homo sapiens we are today. But how did those changes come about, completely replacing one species of creature with another? Was it a natural terrestrial process, or was some kind of otherworldly actor involved? Join us on this numerically significant episode 42 of Aliens Explored to find out if we really do have any clue about life, the universe, and everything. Welcome, listeners, to Aliens Explored, your weekly podcast where we look into UFOs, UAPs, otherworldly things, um, and that sort of, I don't know, I've lost myself there. <laughs> <laughs> I've lost my train of thought. Um, but not to worry, you know what you're listening to, that's why you've come here. Um, I'm one of your hosts, Stu Jackson. And I'm your other host, Neil Kelly. And I am so excited about this week's episode, Neil, because I'm 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 quite well known for being a Trekkie, but I am also a huge Douglas Adams Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy fan. Me too. Although I haven't read any for a long time, I really must uh, <gasps> revisit. Really must. Oh yeah, yeah. I I try and reread it every couple of years. Well, I I, I saw something on on social media it was a, just a comment by a, a, an ancient philosopher saying that you should read the same books again at different stages of your life because the book doesn't change but your perspective does so you get a different experience if you read a book 20 years later so that's very very true that's, oh, that's, and, I like, and you always see new things as well you do yeah and that's what that, i find that um, didn't really mean anything to you when you were young suddenly um, take on a, a whole new significance when when you're older yeah, there are certain books I keep coming back to time and time again. Hitchhikers being one of them. Uh, Weave World by Clive Barker mm. is my holiday book. Whenever I go on holiday, sat on a beach, that's what I read. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which is very strange. And of course, the collected works of Terry Pratchett. Mm. Big, big fan. Um, but it is, yeah, so for episode 40... i got to say, I mean, this is quite... Like almost a milestone. We're ten episodes away from fifty-two. Uh, well, we did release the first three episodes together, so I suppose episode fifty-five would be arguable yeah. one. But mm. We're not far away. My goodness, this is um, this is getting there. Um, we ought to do something special for our one-year anniversary. We'll have a think about that. We one. should, not yes. Yeah. Um, but we're talking today. Uh, it's one of the things that, that Douglas Adams. Um, he didn't theorise. No, he put it in one of the Hitchhiker's books hmm. where in Earth's ancient past, the Golgofrincham race crash-landed on Earth um, and basically became the dominant sentient species. 
So hmm. we're theorising today, uh, or we're looking into the theory that actually humanity is not from this planet originally. We are actually from another planet that has been seeded here or or hmm. transferred here or whatever you want to put it, um, which is actually... It's a recognised theory. It's a recognised, you know, potential origin of mankind. Right. Um, okay. there, there was more to this when I when I started looking into it than I realised. Mm. Because I mean, the standard um, theory of evolution, which shows, you know, the, the mankind evolving from a fish to crawling out mm. onto the land to becoming some kind of ape to becoming Homo erectus or a Neanderthal and then eventually becoming Homo sapien. Mm. Um, just, but it, it's a strange, it's a strange evolution. I mean, I know, I know other creatures have evolved that way, but um, I mean, Homo erectus was around for, or Neanderthals were around for a million years. They were a very successful creature. They lived among the environment, uh, occasionally um, offering themselves as a food source. But um, humans are the only creatures that have changed position in the food chain. We've gone from somewhere down around the middle where we, you know, we hunt prey, but also we are prey to wild animals, to um, to get into the top of the food chain. Apex predator. Although sometimes when I go swimming in the sea on holidays, I realise and, and you, you, your foot brushes something, or you know, something, <laughs> oh, you know, yes. or you think you see something <laughs> in that last wave, and you think, yeah, I'm not top of the food chain here. No, no, well, we're out of our environment. Yeah, <laughs> and I can't see anything below my shoulders. But, uh, but yes, I mean, you, you're, you, you, you're right on the ball there. And we do have this, uh, the, obviously, the famous image, the evolution of man, mm. you know, starting out with the monkey and then, you know, becoming more and more erect as he walks along. Um, there is, um, there is, of course, very famously... Uh, in our evolutionary history, the missing link, mm. which sort of plays into this theory uh, quite heavily, which, you know, could it be that, in fact, exactly as as, as Douglas Adams portrayed in the book, um, that, you know, humanity, what or Earth humanity was evolving down a particular path, uh, mm. we came in and just stopped that wiped them out and took over the planet no there is evidence that that homo sapiens and homo erectus neanderthals lived side by side for quite a long period of time yes so, that, that, so whether it was one evolving into the other or whatever but certainly this this leap was made this this evolutionary leap and it was there, there were still neanderthals around for quite a long apparently homo sapiens used to hunt them down yeah but, um but that what I suppose what what seems surprising to me is that it happened universally, that that Homo erectus, the home, you know, what are they, you know, Neanderthals, have been completely wiped out. Even when they found a lost tribe living in the Amazon or Papua New Guinea, they are Homo sapiens. They're not, mm. you know, they, I mean, they found traces of of ancient creatures there what was the, the was there a missing link they found somewhere in indonesia or that, oh i don't know who was a very small man right like a pygmy yeah but not not fully homo sapien it was some kind of it was some kind of missing link but okay 
I don't have the information to hand. So yeah, there was this, you know, I suppose this this rapid change. We be, we became something else. Now I, I can't accept that that an alien civilization here landed and just colonized the planet because for hundreds of years, thousands of years, they had primitive technology. If they arrived from outer space, how come it took them hundreds of years to find that they could fly by harnessing hot air in a balloon? You know, the, the, why, you know they, they went, we went for hundreds of thousands of years after, the, after becoming Homo sapiens without the ability to get off the ground. Well, I've I have a, heard a theory um, about that, and now this is a theory. I've, it's not one I've come across in my recent research. This is one I heard decades ago, mm. um, and it just it struck me as a little bit fanciful, but it it's always stuck in my head a little bit. Um, where you know the the asteroid belt between Mars and Jupiter. Mm. Um, this theory goes that that was once a planet. That was our home planet. Um, but some disaster was was going to happen to destroy the planet. Oh. And an alien civilization interceded and transplanted us from there to here. Oh. Because, you know, the, the conditions were suitable for us to, to come and live here. Um, I've heard similar theories that we were transplanted from Mars to here, that we were the original sort of civilization on Mars um, mm. however many million years ago, and we've been seeded here and transplanted here by an external alien race. Now, that sounds really fanciful, but it does play into exactly what you're saying you know why would we not have technology well if we didn't bring any technology with us or or if our development was not at that stage if we were still in the early stages of technological development you know if we'd barely created the wheel or whatever that would explain why we didn't have technology here so you're talking about a, a third party that's, so you had yeah you had neanderthals living on planet earth you yeah. had more evolved um beings sentient beings living on another planet which was facing destruction so the uh, and third party came from somewhere else with the technology to transport from one planet to another yes and and, and seeded us here yes okay now now i'm going to play this into sort of modern ufology a little oh. bit and that would actually explain why you've got these these um alien visitors extraterrestrial visitors coming examining people you know doing tests on them uh, you know that you, that you hear about in alien abductions because maybe this is the race that brought us here and they're just monitoring us as we go along okay um possibly but I'm also thinking, you know, how come it happened so universally? How come that one race that was evolved from some kind of, you know, was basically a slightly more evolved ape, was completely, became completely extinct? I mean, was, was Homo erectus living all over the world? Or were they only in a few limited areas that could easily be taken over? Well, I... It's, I, I I don't know. I I don't have those kind of answers. But it does strike me that 
actually you know, Neanderthal man Homo erectus um, would have only been in certain areas where that were easily accessible now um, as I understand it they were fairly nomadic hmm. so they would have travelled but at the same time you know they, they can't cross vast oceans because they weren't seafaring hmm. so it's only basically places you can get to one foot yeah so they wouldn't have travelled that far unless there was an external influence again. But, but even you know, the early Homo sapiens lived in pretty much the same way, didn't they? There would be hunter-gatherers. They couldn't develop any kind of civilization because they're constantly on the move and everyone has to concern themselves with hunting or gathering food, which is exactly the way that the, the um, Neanderthals are living, except that that Homo sapiens are better at it because they've got bigger brains and they can they can organise better and and they can actually hunt down they can hunt down the Neanderthals in a way that Neanderthals I mean I, I mean I can imagine occasionally um, a Homo sapien will be caught by ne- Neanderthals and come to a sticky end but more often than not mm. it'll be organised Homo sapiens hunting down I, and maybe eating like, like chimpanzees eat other monkeys don't they so. Mm. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this speculative right. I'm gonna go right down the rabbit hole here, and I'm gonna speculate even further hmm. that what if this this third party, um, our the the aliens who who potentially brought us here, hmm. what if they knew that the Neanderthals were in fact a doomed species? What if they were an evolutionary dead end? Mm. That, were, that were going to die out anyway that would again make Earth the perfect place to bring uh, not dissimilar species yeah or, or maybe there, there was some natural cata- cataclysmic event like the, the, the meteorite strike that wiped out the dinosaurs um, that there was something you know, Yellowstone Park erupted or something caused widespread devastation okay let's all settle down now the dust has settled let's let's plant our our hybrid beings could in, be in. Um, but I mean we would have evidence of that in the way that you know we do have evidence of the meteorite strike that wiped out the dinosaurs mm. we would have evidence of that today but maybe I, I don't know maybe there was just some genetic defect in Neanderthals that they were going to die out in a thousand years or two thousand or ten thousand or whatever yeah. and that these aliens were you know were aware of that and then so, they lasted a million years didn't they but i suppose the thing i'm struggling to get over is that, for instance um the experience of being invaded by aliens is something um the native americans have have had the native aboriginals of, of the aboriginal peoples of australia of australasia they've had mm-hmm. the experience of suddenly finding these these new arrivals with far greater technology, you know, European settlers arrive with far greater technology, and of course they keep that technology and they use that technology to subjugate, exterminate, and and colonise this this new world that they found. So I would have thought, yeah, people coming from another planet, they, they would have brought a certain amount of technology with them. Well, <sighs> unless um, all they did was come here and. You know, abduct a few Neanderthals and implant them with a seed, make them pregnant. Maybe that's where the the, you know, the immaculate conception comes from. Apologies if anyone thinks I'm blaspheming. Immaculate conception is basically being abducted by aliens. You've had this thing implanted into you, and what you give birth to 
is a more advanced being than yourself. Ah, now you're getting into um, another area of this this theory that we are um, an alien species ourselves. Hmm. Um, but I mean, you mentioned about um, the the Native Americans. I mean, almost every religious text can be interpreted um, in terms of the gods as being aliens, uh, and we've certainly covered that in previous episodes hmm. as well. Um, and one last thing, just to just to kind of close up before we go down to this um, sort of um, panspermia uh, route, which is a, a whole other uh, oh. section. This idea that we, as we are today, or or slightly evolved, but but pretty much as we are today, were transplanted from another planet. Um, our circadian rhythms, so our our body clock, oh. as we know it, doesn't match Earth. Right. It's slightly out from Earth. It's similar, but it is slightly out. Um, so we're, we're kind of not in tune with the vibes of the planet in the way that all other creatures are. Yes. Yes. And of course, we it, are the we are the only creatures who have this mental capacity. That I think we're the only creatures who understand our own death, don't we? And speculate about what happens oh, yes. after death you know, my my cat has no concept that it's going to die one day I, d- I don't know I think having had a lot of animals over the years I think they are aware of the concept of death I think most animals are I don't think they think in terms of afterlife I don't think they think like we mm. think but I think they have an awareness of death Certainly. Okay. When you when you hear about the you know, uh, the faithful dog will sit by his master, you know, as his master's mm. dying and things like that. They know, they mm. know. Um, or, or, or the or the hospital cat that will sit on the bed of the next person to die. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know your time's up when that cat comes and sits on your bed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Doctor sleeps. Um, yeah. Mm. Good Stephen King book about that exact thing. Um, yeah. So now, yeah, you, you so you you started down a route there um, that maybe we are have been colonised mm. from aliens uh, through this panspermia where basically this idea that our genetic material was implanted hmm. onto the planet by an external force either deliberately or accidentally um nobody's sure the origins of life on this planet are are vastly unknown um hmm. nobody really knows they can only theorize and one major theory is that yeah we were biological life was brought to this planet on a meteor Hmm. Um, so that's reasonable if that was a deliberate move yeah and is is there any knowledge or any, any information about whether homo sapiens were the first homo sapiens were born to Neanderthals <coughs> they would give nope. birth to this creature that's a bit like them or quite a lot like them but different in so many ways and they were just well, this, 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 lad, this young lad's a bit odd but We'll treat him as one of our own, not realising that actually, oh, we're having a bit, bit like the, the children of the damned, or the, mm. the midwitch cuckoos. You know, suddenly you know, all the women are all pregnant, and they all give birth to these these strange children with what seem to them to be supernatural abilities. 
Well, no, because obviously there's no records from that time. No, so we don't even the, know. The, no accurate I mean, records. I mean, all the stages of human evolution, right from being a fish, um, we don't know if you know a fish gave birth to something that could move out onto the well. A fish, I suppose, it gave birth to a fish that was actually had lungs that could survive for a short time on out out of the sea, and then that would in turn give birth eventually to something that could survive longer or permanently out of the sea and move on the land and eventually, mm. you know, become some kind of ape. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, there are... You, you can see over time through fossil records um, and, and obviously um, skeletons that have, that have survived. You can see the development, the evolution. That's, I mean, that's where the whole missing link thing is so stark. Mm is suddenly there's this gap that they, they can see how maybe one co- could get to another, but there's a sudden gap. Mm. Well, we don't know what's going on in between. I mean, of no. course, there isn't a fossil record of us. We, we haven't been around long enough to be in the fossil record. No, 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 we haven't. That's very true. Yeah. Which, again, kind of makes you... Mm, makes you yeah. wonder um, but yeah now the, an interesting thing I came upon um, about this 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 panspermia idea hmm. um, in 2015 um, this was discovered in in space on a piece of meteorite that was that was um, I suppose captured or, or collected or however hmm. they discovered a, a small, and I'm talking microscopic, it was the width of a human hair, um, a metal ball. Hmm. It was made of titanium and vanadium. Inside was a gooey biological material. Wow. Now, they've no idea what it is, but it has been theorised that maybe this is genetic seeding material mm. for planets that we found a way to that that some alien race has found a way of seeding their genetic material to other planets through this method well um i mean some i think american listeners will will know what this is more than british listeners um there's something called. Have you heard of sea monkeys? Yes. They're little things you, you know, give to kids, and they're basically they're basically shrimps, but they come freeze dried. Yeah, in they, the they, UK, they could, yeah, they could. Well, we call we them brine shrimps. Brine shrimp. And they're sold as live fish food. Yeah, but yeah, you get you get them freeze dried, and you yes. get them into water, and they eventually come to life. Yeah, you'd send off it, and right. So I'm going back a long time. <laughs> yeah, You'll remember yeah. this in the back of comic books. Yeah, you would have send senders a dollar for your free packet of sea monkeys. It, it was in the back of American comic books, and it was sent yeah. to this. I think. Well, no, you can't order things. You know, certainly, me growing up in the 1960s, you can't order things from America very easily, <laughs> even no. a packet of sea monkeys. But it was always next to an advert for X-ray specs. Yes. And I always wanted to know how they work. I had a pair when I was really young. Did it? It was just cardboard with a tiny pinhole mm. cut in. S- to this day, I don't know how that would have worked. 
Well, I think I think when you hold up your hand, you know, when you put a light behind your hand, and you can, it yes. looks like you're looking through your, your through the bone, looking at mm. the bones of your hand. And it's not. It's an, it's an effect. Yes. But, um, yeah. Yeah, you can get that effect. <laughs> uh, I can tell you about the time I was with my boss, and we got this. We had this book. I'd ordered this book for my brother, and it was about Harold Lloyd, the um, the the silent film film mm. star, big star. Um, but when talkies came in, he, he kind of dropped out of that and he took up photography and he photographed pretty much all the famous women of the 1940s, 1950s, I think even to the 60s. So there's all these pictures of people like Jane Russell, Marilyn Monroe, and he took 3D photos. Well, my boss and I, we went next door to our offices. We went into the British Legion where we were allowed to have lunch and we were sat there having our lunch and looking at this book. With with the with the Harold Lloyd X-ray specs, oh, not the X-ray, the three D specs, three D glasses, three D glasses, <laughs> but they were you know, shaped like Harold Lloyd glasses. And um, my boss is just looking at the book, and suddenly this woman, this, this catering woman, came storming over, furious, and accused us of trying to see through her clothes with X-ray specs. <laughs> it's it's the most bizarre thing I've ever been accused of. <laughs> oh, but brilliant. x-ray specs aren't a thing you know it's just a uh, uh, she believed that it was a thing and that's what we were doing we were, we were eyeing her up oh crikey <laughs> I mean I'm, I'm going to guess she knew you obviously well she didn't know us very well well yeah, yeah I suppose she knew us, knew us well enough to know that that, 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 that that kind of antic was was uh, well within I'm our teasing our, well, within our grasp. Yeah, but going back to your brine shrimp, the, the oh. freeze-dried thing. Um, yes, and it has been shown that they've subjected DNA material to extremely high temperatures and oh. vacuum of space and extremely cold. Um, and yeah, DNA um, does survive such things so it's not beyond the realms of possibility but but could it i mean wouldn't it have to land in some sort of primordial soup or, or have to find a, a living being to attach itself to once it that's i mean that's that's a very good question and i absolutely don't know oh. um i i don't know i mean if you were to uh, the the theory goes that we all develop basically from algae Mm. Um, so if you were to take just fire algae simple single celled organism onto a different planet would it over millions and millions of years would it evolve into a life form but a different one from because evolution shaped by your environment isn't it so yeah and if you had the power to send it back in time as well Mm. So that it doesn't just land on a faraway planet, it lands on a faraway planet millions of years ago. So you can actually see the effect almost immediately that there's... That Gosh, there's yeah. Now there's, there's a fascinating idea. If we, could, if we could fire our genetic material millions of years into the past on Jupiter, would it be that we're about to meet our mm. interstellar brothers? Or, or one of the moons of Jupiter. I mean, I, I know a lot of uh, science fiction writers like um, Kurt Vonnegut and Philip K. Dick. They, they they seem to like Ganymede a lot as a as a potentially habitable yes. planet, or it's a, it's a moon rather than a, a large gas ball like Jupiter itself. Yeah, oh yes, yes, I'm, I'm yeah, saying but, Jupiter but is a... yeah, some, uh, one of Jupiter's moons. Yeah. But, uh, 
also, I mean, been looking at there's a I'm looking on Wikipedia, and there's a picture of these petroglyphs from Val Camonica in Italy. These these basically cave etchings, I suppose, um, which seem to show space. No, they seem to show astronauts. They show some sort of human shaped figures with a sort of bubble over their over their heads, like mm. like a sort of nineteen fifties mm. astronaut. And one of them Space seems to be helmet. hovering above the ground. Yeah. So, and we we have we have posited the idea that that if we did come from an extraterrestrial source, then the extraterrestrials ourselves that we maybe we retain some kind of contact with them. Of course, we would regard them as our gods. Mm. Um, people that live in the sky, their spacecraft, you know, are their are their flaming shields or their flaming chariots. That's how we we un, I mean, we've gone into this before. But also, I was thinking about sending things back in time. Um, whether extraterrestrials are actually what we're seeing as ourselves in the future. Now, Stephen Hawking said, and I don't know much about what Stephen Hawking said because a lot of it goes over my head. But what he said is that a time machine to travel back in time is possible. It's perfectly possible, but. And for all sorts of reasons that he understands that I don't, you couldn't go back beyond the time when your time machine existed. So if I built a time machine today, ten years from now I'd be able to use it to come back to today, but I wouldn't be able to go back further into the past. But that's what Stephen Hawking understands. Maybe it is possible to travel further. I mean, the value of that will be, for instance, if we sent a, a, a manned mission, a, a piloted mission, to somewhere to, in the Alpha Centauri. Um, solar system, which is, it's a, was it one light year away? And they stayed I, there for a few months, and then yeah. uh, they could travel at the speed of light and get there in a year, get there in a year, um, and then stay there for a little while, and then come back again another year at the speed of light. When when they came back to Earth, far more than two and a bit years would have elapsed. They would find themselves way into the future because that's how time works at the speed of light. So what you need. Is a time machine. So as you're as you're coming back, you go back in time to some time quite close to when you left. Yeah. So that you know. So you, you don't get back to find out that the apes have taken over and blown it up. Yeah. Or that you know <laughs> um, that you you come back to find that all the people who sent you off are dead, um, and their their great grandchildren are now living, and they've got no record of of, of you. You just mm. you're just suddenly an, an alien arrival. Yeah. Um, but you know, if if a if a time machine could go back further, or if it, you know, maybe it is ourselves that well, I'm, we're seeing. I mean, Stephen Hawking, obviously, I've got all the all the respect in the world for for the stuff he's, but he often changed his his views and his theories on time travel. Um, I know he he posited, for example, that um, time travel via mini black holes would be impossible for mm. for various reasons. Um, but then in two thousand and five, I think it was, he completely changed his mind. He said, "Oh, actually, no, it would be possible via mm. black holes because of reasons." I'm not going to go. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm not even going to attempt to go. For, but but he completely did a a U turn. So. I mean, the fact he said at some point, oh, it would only be possible within the existence of the time travel machine. Mm. It, it might have changed his mind. Yeah. Just because he said it doesn't make it true. 
He does know an awful lot more than I do. Well, he, he did know an awful did, lot more and, than and I do. the fact do. that he's willing to change, alter his views in the light of new evidence or new discoveries, um, well, that's a sign of intelligence, isn't it? And that's what science is all it about. It really you don't is. Just stick, you, know, you discover something and stick dogmatically to it dis, you know, in, in the face of any evidence that, that disproves it. Absolutely. But there we go. Uh, so we've come to... Uh, our usual place in the show where we summarise then so Neil have we convinced you that we're really worthy aliens all along I mean it's like a night I'm showing my twist isn't it yeah. we were the aliens all along yeah <laughs> was well, Scooby Doo it was always us um, yeah it's one of those things that, that's shrouded in mystery we, we don't fully understand where we came from we have some idea that we are evolved from an earlier version of ourselves but we don't quite know how that transition happened um, and whether there was some external force acting on us that some in, some extra some additional hand from outer space coming kind of oh, we'll take these fairly primitive people and um, who are living who have lived for a million years at peace and in harmony with their environment and we'll turn them into these these much more intelligent creatures who will fuck up the whole planet within a few generations. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. I mean, yeah. I mean, certainly, I I see a lot of credence in this theory. Um, I think it bears out. And hopefully, one day, as our own technology advances and our understanding of the universe um, and the planet and ourselves Im- improves, we'll one day get the answers. Probably not in our lifetime, Neil, but. Hmm one day but what do you think listeners uh, are we talking a load of old tosh here um is the idea that we've come from aliens utterly silly or do you agree do you think that there is some definite possibilities uh, do let us know by via the usual means uh, twitter and facebook by searching aliens explored and you can find the links at aliensexplored.com um, and don't forget if you're enjoying the show leave us a review because um, they really, really do help uh, small podcasts like ourselves. We've got a really good one next week, Neil. Um, one of our regular listeners um, who, for reasons we are going to refer to as Barry, mm-hmm. um, has been in touch. Um, now, Barry is an aeronautical engineer and he's got some fascinating information for us about uh, some aircraft that's being developed that may relate to a lot of UFO sightings. That's something to look forward to, isn't it? Absolutely. Can't wait. Join us next week uh, when we will be talking to Barry on the stream, on the podcast, on the stream. On the podcast. Well, we are kind of live streaming. It's a yeah, free flow. Well, oh, oh, we're not well, live streaming. Well, no, it's, it's like us, but with someone else in the, in the room. <laughs> we, yeah. We're doing this live as we record it. Yes. <laughs> recorded live. Yes, without a studio audience. Yes. <laughs> Fantastic. But yeah, you don't want to miss that one next week, listeners. A uh, bit of a coup, bit of a scoop for us. Uh, so, in the meantime... Keep watching our evolution as a species and the skies. And and your space monkeys, your your sea monkeys. Sea monkeys, space monkeys would be another thing. Take care. Bye bye. Catch you next time.
Aliens Explored is a Fecal Films production in association with Juicy Falls. Music by Darren Mafucci and editing by Stu Jackson. Find us on Twitter or Facebook by searching Aliens Explored or visit us on aliensexplored.com.